This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Playing video games competitively is nothing new. For the past 20 years or so, esports have been on the rise, growing in popularity and professionalism. Esport tournaments in the United States and across Europe attract the world's best players and often award big prize money. However, in many countries, playing video games professionally still isn't recognized as a sport. One of the latest moves to grow the profile of esports is the Commonwealth Esports Championships, a tournament that will be held alongside the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham later this year. For more on what this event means for the growth of esports, here's producer James Parkinson. Traditional sports like soccer or basketball, for example, have long histories and well-established competitions. They're well-funded and have significant cultural influence. Video games, on the other hand, are hugely important culturally, but on a professional and competitive level, are still in their infancy when it comes to esports. But tournaments like the Commonwealth Esports Championships are looking to change that. Yeah, so the um, Commonwealth Esports Championships is what I'd call like more of a demonstration event that's uh, got the blessing of the Commonwealth Games uh, and it's being held in partnership with the Global Esports Federation. So this is one of those really special events where, um, you know, for almost over a decade now, the esports industry has been seeking that validation and recognition as a sport, which comes, you know, which provides a whole bunch of different benefits to both the player base and industry. This is Darren Kwan. I am the founding president of the Australian Esports Association, and I also am a director of a creative media agency that runs the Australian Esports League. So just to be clear, esports won't be part of the Commonwealth Games themselves. The event will be held alongside the Games, enabling esports to showcase what competitive gaming is all about. This is a, this is a defining moment where uh, Commonwealth countries, who um, uh, all have an esports uh, entity as of, of this year, uh, are able to formalise a national team that would go and compete on the 6th and 7th of August in Birmingham towards the end of the Commonwealth Games uh, and participate in this demonstration event with all the sort of fanfare that the Commonwealth Games would attract for the traditional sports but applied to um, esports. Right. So this is a pretty significant event for esports and its profile globally, particularly within the Commonwealth countries. Absolutely, yes. So, um, you know, we, we've we've had demonstration events at the Asian Games in the past. There's there's going to be esports at the Southeast Asian Games this year, uh, with plans for the Asian Games to also include that. And the uh, IOC has been looking at esports, but but really, it's sort of you know it's it's been such a long conversation that um, the Commonwealth Games is one of the most prestigious uh, multinational. Uh, national representative sports in the world. So for esports to feature there, it's an incredible moment. Um, it really speaks to all the time and investment the players have put into becoming good at you know their, their respective games, and that they can go and earn uh, medals and and um, recognition in representing their country at something like the Commonwealth Esports Championships. And are you hoping to send a, a team to represent Australia? Absolutely. So the Australian Esports Association is working with the Global Esports Federation as uh, its Australian uh, representative to form that national team. Typically, uh, the AUSA has done this for the you know for all other sort of uh, national representative events like 
the ISF's Esports World Championships. So this will be the most prestigious one to date. We've also been invited to explore participating in the Asian Games uh, Esports uh, event by the uh, Asian Esports Federation, and that's in the works. But this is the you know this is sort of the first one, not the most impressive one, and it's incredible for, for us to be uh, helping Australians head over there and represent the country. Do you see this uh, as a step towards esports becoming part of the Commonwealth Games itself one day, or even the Olympics? I think it's it's really about you know getting one through the door, and and for us the Commonwealth uh, Games is a really special one, especially because Australia uh, is a member of the Commonwealth, and so this will do a lot for us. Uh, in New Zealand, esports is recognised as a sport by the New Zealand government, uh, and we have been working on that for over a decade now. So we'd love to. Um, be able to use this as a flagship moment to to show um, not only Australia in general, but but uh, the powers of be that you know esports has started to really prove itself alongside other traditional sports and deserves that recognition and support you might see other traditional sports attracting. So uh, this one's really special for us. Delivering this one for us is alongside delivering what would be esports at the IOC could be a pathway towards that. However, you know the IOC has a very different attitude to esports and has expressed that publicly compared to the Commonwealth Games. So, uh, you know, it could be a whole different journey and a whole different timeline for that to happen. Coming up, what will it take for esports to receive more recognition? And what do the governing bodies of traditional sports think about the rise of esports? That's next after a short break. Thanks for listening to The Defrag. Our goal with the show is to build a self-sustaining news brand that dives into and explores the intersection of technology, business, politics, and science. For The Defrag to be a true success, we really need your support. We don't want to be reliant on just having to find advertisers, but we do want the core of our content to remain free. Which is why at our website, thedefrag.com, you can support the show by becoming a member of our free newsletter, or you can become a paid supporter. There are membership plans ranging from just $9 a month up to $50 a month, depending on how you want to support the show. And for your support, you'll get a range of different perks, including an ad-free version of the podcast, access to exclusive VIP events and live streams, and we'll send everyone that signs up a sticker pack. You can find out more at our website, thedefrag.com. Sold-out sporting arenas are no longer exclusive to traditional sports. Huge crowds watching the world's best in esports championships are becoming regular events, and those more established sports are taking notice. Do you foresee any pushback from traditional sports that might make things difficult in terms of that pathway of esports gaining more recognition and more profile uh, at these kind of tournaments? Yeah, I think the, the simplest way I, I, I like to compare this for everyone to start thinking about is that esports is the sport of playing video games. 
And much the same as athletics is the sport of sprinting down a track or throwing a javelin or, um, you know, world surfing championships is the sport of surfing. There's a, there's always a casual component to an activity versus the sporting component where you have structured tournaments and refereeing and rules and, and um, all those kind of things that are that a sport attracts uh, that allows people to compete on level playing grounds with each other. And so if we think about those casual activities, what makes a sport exciting is how many people are participating in that. And we have millions and millions and millions of people playing uh, any activity. There's a desire to sort of compete against each other. That's what esports has been born out of. So many people, billions of people on this planet play video games every day. And naturally, they're wanting to compete against each other, test each other's skill sets out, who's better in the neighborhood, who's better in the country, who's better in the world. And that's where this is this drive is coming from. So we do expect pushback from traditional sports because really what sports are doing, they're competing for audience. We're competing for the hearts and minds of youth and, and people's spare time. So we know that if someone is sitting there saying, I want to commercialize the activity that, that a person does on the weekend, and if they're not choosing to go play soccer anymore, they're choosing to turn on their Xbox instead, then there's going to be pushback from those interests. But however, from from all the other standpoints of is eSport a sport, it stands up, has cognitive benefits, social benefits, there's structure, there's a massive player base. So everything pushes that this should be a sport. Uh, and so traditional sports really, um, we see a lot accepting it. Some are trying to integrate into their into what they do. It's natural for some groups. So, uh, for motorsport, it's natural to include you know an esports version of what they do. We saw that the supercars, NASCAR, F1, they're all sort of starting to do it because it's a great fit. And the video games are hyper realistic for them. Uh, same with with soccer, with um, Pro Evolution Soccer and EA's FIFA being played by football federations around the world. So, some some have a natural fit. Some don't. And Largely for esports, there needs to be a space for itself because a lot of our games that are massively popular don't have, uh, you know, a traditional path uh, like Counter Strike or League of Legends. They stand on their own as their own uh, massive uh, base of, of fans and players. Esports is still uh, very male-dominated. Do you think that imbalance is, you know, a barrier for esports to be taken more seriously, particularly uh, at these bigger international events and, and growing esports further? Absolutely. Yeah, we think um, we think this. You know, it's like it's it's sort of two points of the stick. We we focus on grassroots, the Australian Esports League. Uh, so our high schools program, we have a lot of co-ed and uh, girls only schools who have teams, uh, and that really helps at the bottom end. But the top end is really showing that pathway, and and I lo- look at it as role models. If we can find champions who can rise up to the top uh, and take a podium, they can really represent for, you know, to a community that, that can relate to them. So, you know, gender, race, all, all that kind of stuff really starts to play strongly there where you've got role models on one end and then pathways on the other end. And it really helps people find their way here. Uh, we don't want people to be discouraged. We want people to feel welcome that they can participate. And uh, if they so choose, this is a, a sport for them to participate in. What are the biggest hurdles facing esports at the moment within Australia and more globally too? I think the biggest hurdle for Australians is, is largely our distance from each other. So internet connection plays a part and how sparsely populated we are. But I think the biggest issue globally for esports is infrastructure. We are 
have varied degrees of development from country to country. You know, in a place like South Korea, uh, esports is well developed. I always have this anecdotal experience to share where I was walking through Seoul and, you know, on, as a tourist and teams of players with jerseys that you could immediately recognize that's an esports team just walking through the streets. And you know, okay, if that's what you can visibly see from day to day, then it's it's quite naturalized there. And then you look at a country like Australia where we're only just starting our high school league and our university um, leagues, and we've got a lot of infrastructure to build, a lot of media to, to win over and so on. So there's a long journey in building up that community that really supports any sport and esports is much the same. Uh, so, you know, that leads to greater commercialization, larger audience numbers, greater participation, all that kind of stuff that, that really needs a lot of work. Darren, thank you for your time. I look forward to catching the uh, the Commonwealth Esports Championships and hopefully seeing a successful Australian team. <laughs> Likewise, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Also in the news today... Intel is launching a new blockchain-focused chip. The company is working on energy-efficient accelerators that can help process blockchain transactions quicker and with less power. One of the first companies to purchase the new chips will be Block, the parent company of popular point-of-sale payment provider Square. Intel says they expect their chip to offer 1,000 times better performance than mining with a GPU, and plan to deliver orders later in the year. An observational study has found that even contracting a mild case of COVID-19 can significantly increase your risk of heart disease. Researchers looked at 150,000 veterans who had contracted COVID and compared them to two sample groups without, and determined that in their observations, no matter the age, the risk of other heart problems in the year following COVID infection increased by 72% amongst their sample. If cases of COVID were more severe, the risk of heart problems increased even further. The researchers suggest that health authorities around the world should prepare for an increase in cardiovascular issues. And finally, the out-of-control rocket that is due to slam into the moon may not be from the SpaceX Falcon 9 mission. The researcher who discovered the impending impact says he made a mistake identifying the object and now believes the object is a booster from China's Chang'e 5 T1 mission. The rocket is due to hit the far side of the moon on March 4th. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced by James Parkinson and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, and consider becoming a Defrag member. You'll get an ad-free version of the podcast, early access to episodes, and I'll send you a sticker pack. And stay up to date across social media. Just follow us at The Defrag. That's all we have today. I'll speak to you tomorrow.